0: Well, you know, today we're talking about fear factor, and there's a lot of things we're afraid of. And uh, I want to tell, say, transition just a little bit, and then we'll go back to fear, but our praise band, isn't it amazing? We do such you- And I know uh, Tracy leads the pack, but all of our musicians and singers do a really fantastic job. So wherever you are sitting out there, uh, we we are blessed. Uh, I traveled six different churches, and I can tell you, we have one of the best here. So we do. So, yeah. I would always ask Shelley. I'd always ask Shelly, Was was that was that church a good priest team? It was, all, it was good. It just wasn't as good as Tracy. The, so uh, yeah. Amen. Um, so, starting out, talking about fear, and going back to the video, and actually, uh, Jeff Harbison did that for us, and he's doing such an amazing job with our videos, so we had a little bit of fun Friday, so we actually did more than what we showed. We actually had other things, and uh, I didn't even actually eat the worm, I, I, I knew my wife would kill me if I did, so uh, she was there, she was like, no, and I just kind of had to, you know, keep her on edge, just make sure she was... But anyhow, talking about fear, when I was a little boy, seven or eight, I'm sure you probably, uh, many of us have dealt with fear, right? Uh, One of the the ideas I had in my head, because I was a little kid and had all these stuffed animals in my bed, was I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my stuffed animals, and they're going to be my watch lookout guys. So in my bag here, I got some, now these weren't actually mine, I'm old now, because my birthday was yesterday. So I'm 46 now, so my stuffed animals didn't survive. Right, Mom? Pretty much disintegrated. But anyhow, what I would do in my bed, just imagine the stages of my bed I would actually take and, okay, you look that way, keep keep an eye on that section there, and then, uh, oh, Lion King, I know the movie's coming out right now, so here soon, so uh, it's one of my favorite movies. So I'd have like, okay, you watch that way, and... uh, these are my kids, actually, so I got the Peanuts, which I think the Peanut movie is a great movie, right? Fantastic movie. So I'm going to have Charlie Brown here, and uh, yeah, uh, he, he doesn't set up very well, so it's Charlie Brown. <laughs> so. Poor guy, poor guy, he tries. So I got Snoopy over here, He's, he, he'll keep watch over there. So anyhow, that's what I would do at night sometimes when I felt scared, I felt afraid, I felt safe, and I felt safer because I was investing in these stuffed animals, to protect me. Now, as a seven, eight-year-old kid, you know that's a little crazy, right? But that's kind of how I made it through my night sometimes, feeling like I was safe. And my mom's here, so you can ask her if that's true, because she would come in sometimes and notice, well, he's, got a, he's got like a barrage of stuffed animals around him. But that's sometimes we deal with fear. And fear can grab a hold of us. It can, it can paralyze us it can keep us from doing the things that God has called us to do. And what I want to talk about today is, let's not f- let fear do that. Let's not let fear take a control of our lives and dictate things in our life. And really what I want to start off by doing is, is talking about things that we face. Because we all face these things. And actually what's interesting is the person we're going to talk about is David. David and he faced this thing you know, called the giant called Goliath. But I wanna focus not on the giant, just on the giant, but other things that he faced up leading to that that he didn't even really bat an eye to and really we shouldn't either. And so I wanna look at some of those things. So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna look at First Samuel chapter 17. And so today's message, Fear Factor. And I love that image right now. If I could talk about that image for a second, I don't know about you, but if I was in the middle of that maze I would be scared, you know? I would be afraid because which way do you go? How do you get out of there? That'd be kind of scary trying to find your way. Some of you guys would have fun. I think I'd be like Adam in the video. I'd be like freaking out, okay? Um, But 1 Samuel chapter 17, and this is a story we know very well, but I want to highlight it in maybe some different ways today to talk about fear. In verse 28, it says this, When Elib, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep that we have in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. And so here, here's the thing I want us to realize. Sometimes we get so focused. Yeah, I know the David Goliath story. David, you know, has this confidence with God. He goes out to, to battle and he faces Goliath, this giant, and he wins. And today, you know, hurrah, yeah, good job, good job. Yeah, okay, that's the end of the story, right? I want us to think deeper about the story because he's dealing with pressure here. His brother, in front of all of his army guys, all of his soldier guys, is coming down on David hard, saying, you're conceited, you're selfish, basically. You're here just to watch the battle. You're, your heart's not in the right place. You're evil, basically, right? He's calling him out against his, with his friends there behind him, this older brother, challenging David. Now, let's think about that for a second, because David is just a young kid, A lot of us, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go home, right? Now, let's just think about that because we rush the story. Sometimes we read these stories and we just rush them along. But here's what I want you to get from this story is that David didn't give in to peer pressure. David did not just say, okay, you don't think I belong here? Fine, I'm going to go back home and go back to the sheep. You don't want me here? That's fine. No, David realized that God had a plan and a purpose for him being there. That his father had sent him there, but he knew that God had him there for a reason. That he was hearing this Philistine call out the armies of the Lord, the God, that he serves and loves. And he's like, I'm not going to accept this. And so many times, we allow peer pressure to affect how we respond to God. What we do for God. We worry about what other people think way too much instead of just following what God has called us to do and what God has put on our heart to follow and and do the things that we need to do. So whether it's your brother, whether it's your sister, maybe it's family members, maybe it's your friends, maybe it's just people in general. Don't let people affect the decisions that you make for Christ. Don't let other people weigh in on something that you know is from God. I mean, it's good to seek godly counsel, but what I'm saying is, don't let that be a stumbling block and say, well, I can't do that. I can't do that if I don't have support, if I don't have people around me to encourage me. Let me tell you, God is there to encourage you. Don't rely on people. There's been many times where I get excited, I'm like, hey, I got this great idea, where it's just it's so exciting, it's just going to be awesome, and then nobody else is like, well, that's, that sounds okay, you know, that's... It's like, I, I want to do a retreat and I want to bring these churches together and it's just going to be so great. It's going to be awesome. God told me it's going to be cool. Will you come? Will you be a part of it? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea. That's what we talk about in staff because one time somebody, was it, I think it was me actually that said that, said, well, that's not a terrible idea. So that's a kind of a joke in staff meetings sometimes we say, well, that's not a terrible idea. But anyhow, don't rely on people to give you the confidence you need to do the thing that God's called you to do. If God's called you, you may get some resistance. You may get questions. You may get concerns. Don't give in just to peer pressure of just stopping and not doing anything. If God's calling you to do this, you need to do it. You need to pursue it. So the next one I want to look at Look at verse 32, same chapter, 17. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight for him, fight fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go against him, this Philistine, and fight him. You're only a young man, and he is a warrior from his youth. And this is the thing I want to talk about that maybe sometimes we face is the never been. Well, I've never done that. I've never experienced that. I've never been in charge of that. I've never done that. If, if we just say, God, I've never done this, I can't do it. Then, then what, how, how are we gonna make change happen? How are we gonna cause to see God do some amazing things? If we always say, I, I can't do that, God, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not ready, I'm not equipped, I don't have the right things in place, I'm not ready to serve you in that way, I'm, I've never had that experience, maybe some of you are, God's calling into ministry, and you're like, well, I've never done that, I've never had an opportunity to do that, how could I even lead something like that? If we just re- rely on that as an excuse, nothing will happen. You can't just say just because you haven't, just because it's never been like that. Saul was just looking at David and saying, this is just not right, it doesn't make sense that God would send you a young kid and this guy's a warrior, has all this tons of experience and God's gonna send you as a young boy to fight this giant that's been doing it since he was a boy and you haven't had any experience, all you've done is a shepherd? How's that gonna work out? See, God is able to do the the never thing. God is able to do the things that you think are impossible. God is able to do the things that that seem strange to us or seem weird. If God's calling you to do something, you can't just rely on what's practical or what, what seems right or what seems to work out logically all the time. Because God's in the supernatural business. And he's able to do supernatural things. That's what we see in David's story. So don't let never been, never done that, never can, never will... Let that talk reign there. If God's able to do it, I mean, God is able to do it, right? I shouldn't even say it that way. He is able. He's done it in me many times. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 38 and 39 says, Then Saul dressed David in his tunic, And he put a coat of armor on him and a brown helmet on his head. And David fastened on his sword and over the tunic and walking around because he was not used to them. And he, he responds to Saul. He says, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off, slinging his hand and approached the Philistine. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, chased five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch, and his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Sometimes we can feel like, or other people may look at us and say, You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. And you may feel that way. But if we have that fear that comes in us that we feel like we're not ready, that we can't do something, and we say, Well, I gotta get do this, I gotta get this fixed, I gotta get ready for that. See, like this, like my stuffed animals. I was relying on them for protection. And Saul was saying, hey, you need protection. You need to wear uh, armor and have a helmet and have all these things like a regular soldier would so you can be protected. But you know what he realized? He realized that God needed to be his protection. See, it seems silly for me to just allow these animals to be my watch when I have a God who's able to watch for me, protect me. He is my protector. And a lot of times we come across to God and say, God, I'm not ready yet, I'm not ready to do this, I'm not, I'm not able to do this, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm, I'm not equipped enough, I'm not ready enough. And God says, I want you just to the way you are. I've called you to be who you are and trust me to do the details. It's one of the things in youth ministry, and I've shared this before, is that when I first started youth ministry, Everybody expected back in my day when I was becoming a youth pastor, I had to play the guitar, I had to sing, I had to kind of like be all all, all in one package, and if you know me, I'm just like one or two, Really, I don't have many, you know, I tell people as an associate pastor that I'm a Swiss army knife. I I, I have all the little gadgets, but you really don't want to use the scissors on a Swiss army knife, right? That's like like me. But anyhow... uh, (laughs) So I have all these little gadgets, but I'm really not the right tool for the job, right? But anyhow, the thing is, as we talk about this and we look at this, is that God's put in me things for me to do, uh, put put in me the ability to do the things that he's called me to do. God's put in you the things that he's called you to do. And you need to trust that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. Last one is this. Well, not last we're going to continue on. It's not a short message. I don't want to get you too excited. <laughs> I'm going to keep you here for a little bit longer, so uh get used to it <laughs> First Samuel chapter seventeen verse forty one through forty four It says this: Meanwhile, the Philistine when uh with his shield uh barrier in front of him kept coming and closer to David he looked at David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy glowing with health and handsomeness and despised him he said to David am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and the Philistine cursed David by his God come here he said I'll give you the your flesh to the birds and the wild animals this is the hardest thing I think a lot of times is to face our enemy um, you know, I was coaching basketball teams, and I'm not, I'll, I'll tell you up front, I'm not a, the greatest coach, but we, we had a good season and upward, and we did some other things during the, the after the season, and we, we faced some Giants, and it was really hard facing the Giants, the, the basketball team that we faced, because I could tell in the first couple minutes of playing against them. My team was done. They had just gave up. They were scared, they were afraid. What broke my heart is that they didn't even really give it their full, honest effort. Why is that? Why is that that we, when we face giants, sometimes we wanna run and hide? Because we're embarrassed? Yeah. We're scared because we don't wanna be embarrassed. We don't, want to, we don't want people to look at us differently. We wanna be able to hold our head up high. There's times where you have to face your enemies. You have to face the things that are fighting against you. For us, we need to understand that we face spiritual warfare. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, it lays it out. We fight against spiritual darkness. It's spiritual warfare. My, my, my battle isn't with flesh and blood as much as it is with spiritual forces of darkness that I fight against. You know, God can use people around us. But but Satan can also use people around us, sometimes just to tear us down, discourage us, and sometimes it's hard to face our enemy because we don't want everybody to see. Think about that with David. Think about every situation I've talked about here that you know, he's thinking, he's being told that, well, it's never been done like this. You're not supposed to be a a kid facing a a guy like this. You're too young and he's he's well-experienced and you're not able to do this. And then, well, you got to wear my clothes. You got to have my protection. And then David has to say, no, I got to rely on God's protection to protect me. And I'm going to go the way God's called me to be. And then he's also facing... This huge amount of people looking and watching, Philistines, Israelites, giant. Okay, the show's on, and you got to face your giant, and David does. Again, this story is remarkable, and sometimes we gloss over the story, but I want you to think about how many times, how many different scenarios David was told no. How many scenarios David was told don't do this, you're not ready. You can't. It's never been like this. You're not allowed. Leave. Go home. Go back to your place. Walk away. And yet every time, even the giant saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear you apart. I'm jealous of you. You got handsomeness. You got all this. And you're just some little kid, punk kid thinking you can come at me. And he's like, I'm going to tear you down. So the question now is how did that happen? How did how did David have that? And how do how do we how do we gain that strength to do that? How do we face our giants? How do we go through our situations in our life and, and defeat the times where people are coming against us and maybe it's our friends and our family? How do we stand up against that? How do we stand up against this, this time of, of people saying no, it can't be done? First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. This is in the chapter previously. So, if you want to be back, verse thirteen, chapter sixteen. Says, so Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And I want I want us to understand this that that his strength wasn't David himself being able to say, "Hey, I can just overcome any anything at all." God's spirit was actually upon David. In chapter 16, we see this right here, played out, that God's Spirit is on David now. And it actually tells us that the Spirit was on Saul and left Saul, and now it's upon David. So David is not just relying on his own strength to face his fears. He's relying on God's Holy Spirit, the Spirit that's upon him, to face fears And I want to tell you, we have a Holy Spirit that reigns inside of us that gives us boldness and strength to stand up to our fears. And so it's not just me having courage, it's me having faith in Christ and the Spirit in my heart and my soul that gives me strength to stand up to the fears I face. So I can stand up against peer pressure. So that's the antidote to peer pressure is God's Spirit is within you. His Spirit is within each one of us. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God's Spirit dwells within you. Rely on His Spirit to help you face your fears. Don't be like me and put your, your, your faith in other things like stuffed animals. Put your faith in something that is real. That's God's power. The Holy Spirit is real. And it's a powerful, powerful thing or person really. That gives me strength, even to preach. I remember the first time I was preaching, I was like, I still get nervous. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 36-37. through 37, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, who rescued me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine." I think this is an important truth. When we've been told it's never been like that, it can't be done, there's no way that's gonna happen. Eric, there's no way you're gonna be able to do a retreat and get three churches come together and do a retreat for teenagers. It's just not gonna happen, it's just not gonna work. You're too young, you're only 20 years old and you're asking other churches to have faith in you to lead them to a retreat. The antidote to that is remember God's past performances in your life. Charles Stanley said this too. And it's a great reminder to all of us to remember it's about God's past performances in our lives that matter. It's the fact that he does things in our past to get us ready to face the next giant. So when you're going through life and you're facing that next challenge or you're scared, remember what God has done before. Remember how God took care of you, how he provided for you, how he saved you. Remember those things, hold on to those things. And that way when you come up to that next giant, wouldn't wouldn't it be great, (laughs) I I was thinking like, God, give me the biggest giant first and let me deal with that and then give me little giants after that. Wouldn't that be great? How, How many of us would sign up for that, right? But where would our faith be if he didn't build us up to face the next giant? See, I don't think David was done facing giants after Goliath. You know, his bigger giant was Saul himself, the king of Israel. He had to face that giant. And then he had to face leading a nation. And then he had to face leading a nation and still keeping up the routine of being that leader. And we see failure, but we also see his response after that. But The thing is, is that we got to remember those moments where we know that God provided. we got to hold on to those things where God took care of us. And that gives us strength to say, hey, I can face the next day. I can face the next thing. I can face the next giant. I can hold on because I know Christ has been faithful to me back here. I can stay focused where God wants me to be. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Man, I love that. That gives me such encouragement to know, thankfully, he doesn't look on my outward appearance. Just joking. But, but he looks at me in my heart, and he sees what's there. Powerful truth. See, so many people were being brought in. All these sons of Jesse. And the first one comes to Elab, was brought in. One of the older sons. He's a big, strong, tough guy. Kind of in the image of Saul. Saul was kind of a, a warrior, right? And so Samuel's thinking, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy. And God says, no, that's not him. And that's where this verse comes in. And then after every other son, no, no, no. David, where's David? Where's your youngest son? He's out in the field. Why would you think of him? No, he's the right one. He's the one I'm looking for. He's the one that has the right kind of heart. He, he's open to me. A lot of times we just need to be open to God. We need to be open to trusting him, putting our faith in him, having the right kind of heart. So the antidote to that not right, you're not right. You're not fit for this. You're not able to do this. You're not, you're not, you're, you don't have the right set of, of skills or talents. God says, no, nah, you do. You have a heart. And that's the most important thing. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 46 through 47 This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord has saved, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give give all of you into our hands. Wow, that's a bold statement coming from a little kid, <laughs> right? That's a really bold statement coming from a little teenage kid. But his faith in his God was bigger. You see, one of my favorite points that I bring out, and I've shared this with you know, some of the teens and even you guys, that sticks out to me is that the Philistine army, they were making Goliath bigger. You know, you ever had that happen where this little problem you're facing is like little and then overnight as you as you sleep and as you think and as you dwell on it, that problem is bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And you start dwelling on that problem. And it's just this big, huge problem that you're facing. And it's just so big because you dwelled on it. You thought about it. And that's what the Israelite army was doing. They were focused on wow, did you see that sword? Did you see that big shield? Did you see that big armor he has? Did you see his arm muscles? I mean, he's huge. And he got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But David, he looked at God. And he said, God, you're bigger. You're bigger than this giant. You're bigger than this problem. You know, David realized, it's not my sling. It's not this stone. It's not, it's not my effort. It's not my swing that's going to defeat this giant. It's God. God is going to make a statement here today that he is greater He is bigger and it's by the Lord and what he has planned that I'm gonna defeat you. One of the greatest things that should encourage us all is story after story in the scriptures. We see people doing amazing, unbelievable things, but it's not because of them being such great and amazing people. It's because we serve an amazing, amazing God. That is bigger than all of our problems. That is bigger than all of our giants. So the antidote, the thing that we fight against facing our enemies, is to realize what about that enemy you're facing, that giant that, that you made such a big deal about? Your God is bigger. He really is. I mean, think about... Just think about our universe. Sometimes I think, it just scares me thinking about, sometimes I get a little freaked out. <laughs> I'm weird, okay? But just think about, it, I'm just a speck on this huge planet and th- this world's holding me in by gravity and I, I'm breathing air that I don't see and I'm surviving somehow and I'm not just floating out in space, you know what I mean? It's just amazing. That's how, that's how big our God is. That's how big our God is to create a solar system where the, the sun is like thousands and thousands of times bigger than the earth. And yet we're here. God has placed us here. And if that God that can create all those things that are bigger than us, surely he can handle our smallest or biggest problems. That's the kind of God we serve. As we recap, just looking over some of these things. So the antidote to peer pressure is God's spirit is in you. So don't rely on outward opinion, uh, opinions as much as you enter, listen to the inner voice of God's spirit inside your life, speaking to you directly. Don't focus on the never been categories. Remember God's past performance in your life. Just because you haven't done it, doesn't mean you can't. Don't rely on the fact that you don't feel like you're right for the job or right for the task that's at hand. Realize God's looking for the heart. Your character, your openness to his leading is what matters. And then lastly, don't worry so much about facing the giant. Remember that your God is bigger than the giant you face. One scripture that just gives me encouragement when I face fears, and I, I, I'm not perfect to this, so don't think that me sharing this message, this message is probably more for me than it is. Well, maybe it's both of us, but uh, you know, when we face fears, this gives me encouragement. First John chapter four verse eighteen: There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You know how many times I think about how I'm, I'm the problem with that. I'm allowing fear to rob me of the love God has for me. If I would really let God love me like he loves me, and I would let that love come into my heart, fear wouldn't be a big problem for me. You understand? David realized that God loved him. And he accepted that love. And so no matter what he was fighting against, he understood he was loved. And that perfect love casts out the fear that we have. The more I accept the love that God has for me, the more you accept the love God has for you, the more you're gonna be able to see that fear dissipate. I'm not saying it's gonna go away, because I think sometimes <laughs> I think I sometimes I, I think God pushes us. Right there on the edge where we're about to break and that's real growth happens right there at that edge. And that's where our faith is tested and our character is developed and we're more faithful to him. If you have a need, man, there's been some great songs you guys sang today. Uh, Resurrected Me, that's, that's my funeral song. If I die, I want that song played at my funeral because it is his resurrection that I can live and we got a great one for you today So, or the last song so we'll have a song of invitation let me pray as they come up Lord I just thank you that even though we face fears even though we go through these times of doubt and discouragement Lord you are such an awesome God and Lord I thank you that even though we have our doubts and our fears that we face that your perfect love drives out all fear help us to accept your love in our hearts and our lives but help us to, to realize that we don't have to give in to peer pressure. We don't have to just accept that, well, it's never been done. Or that we're not good enough. Or that the problem is just too big. And so just go back home. Don't fight. Just walk away. Lord, I think it's through your strength. Thank you for your strength and your power and your glory that we are able to face our giants. So just be with us this morning in your wonderful name I pray, Jesus. Amen.